What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Anthony, Lori, and Mike, and we are discussing WandaVision episodes three and four. And I'm going to say, I thought I was liking the episodes for episodes one and two. I was into the show. Episodes three and four really, really, like, I feel like they pushed it in a whole different direction. And I'm like, if I liked it before, I'm like loving it now. They just yeah, it, I'm I'm really like just binging like all four. And I didn't I didn't see the big deal about the first two episodes. I loved them. Maybe it's because the Dick Van Dyke show is one of my favorite shows of all time. Like I could literally watch it anytime. And those are like really Dick Van Dykeish, except mm-hmm. for you know, except for what's name choking. But yeah, I. I love both episodes one and two. That was awesome. And episodes three, especially the beginning of episode four, like I that's one that's one of the best beginnings of a show that I've seen in a long time. So the beginnings of both episodes were really great for me. I love the fun intro for episode three. Um, the little, you know, it, it kind of reminded me of a mixture of the Partridge Family song when yeah. when it came on. Um, and I was, mm-hmm. I mean, that's literally how I felt. I was like, okay, we're getting into 70s sitcom. And then episode, four, we'll talk about episode four later, because woo, that beginning was so emotional. Like, I didn't expect to have the reaction that I did. <laughs> but yeah, Lori Anthony, what you think about episodes three and four off the top? I loved episode three and episode four was just everything that I, I wanted in it and, and possibly more. And I adore Kat Dennings. And so it was really fun. <laughs> and, and Randall Park is one of my favorites oh anyway. I love them. Uh, Kat Dennings. I get, I get to talk about Kat Dennings the way you talk about, um, what's his name? On? Domenico. Domenico. <laughs> I'm, I'm wholeheartedly doing that because Cast that girl. Yeah. Look cute self. But yeah. Um, I I will say I episodes one through three were like this this is everything you need to understand what's going forward. Mm-hmm. So we get to episode four to me is like, okay, this is the beginning of the show. So now we have all the background material and now we actually get into the meat of the show. I kind of felt like that too. And 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 I think in that's what it felt like to me. And and I totally appreciate it. that's why I say we gotta stick through this. I enjoy watching episodes one, two, and three. But episode four was like, okay, here we go. MCU. You know, I was right. ready for Agent Agent Cho and 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 Darcy. I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, it was um I think for me, it's like episodes one, two, and three, like you say, it it wasn't you have to i think you have to approach those with an open mind because most people some of the comments that i've seen they're like okay i'm not understanding this format i don't understand why they're showing it to us like this like some people aren't getting it or some people are just flat out not liking it and i understand that kind of like what uh laura said when we did the first two episodes if you like the old sitcom um, styles from the 50s and 60s, you're going to love this. If you're a fan of like I, the I Love Lucy's and those types of shows, you're going to love it. 
if you're not or if you didn't grow up with that kind of show you're going to be looking at it like well, what am I watching why are we, why is it like this but I love those episodes they were fun and it like I said it was it was fun to see Wanda and Vision doing something outside of the MCU because we didn't really get to see a lot of them in the MCU so this was fun but episode four is kind of like I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, I don't know. It, it, it was just like a whole different world and it just kind of upped the, the wow factor for me like 10 times. It was just like, whoa, okay, this is what, like you said, Anthony, I felt like that's where the show is actually beginning. And then the fact that we got to look at glimpses of the first three episodes to kind of see how it plays into that. I mean, Really, it was only a 24-hour period. All three of the first episodes took place within a 24-hour period. And it's weird to think that because one of the things that I noticed was watching the intro for episode three, you know, you kind of see a montage of different scenes, Wanda and Vision, their clothes are changing, their outfits are changing, they're doing different things, you know, Vision is hanging out with the guys from the neighborhood. He's going to the bookstore to get books on the pregnancy. You see them riding the bike, just different little scenes. And as you watch those scenes, it looks like Wanda's pregnancy is progressing. Like they look like they're in a normal timeline, living a regular life. And then once the episode starts, you realize it's literally only been 12 hours. It's like, huh? So it's kind of like, I feel like the, the, the beginning was kind of what Wanda wants everybody else to see. Like on the outside, as we see in episode four, it's kind of like she's showing or she's, whatever she's doing to the reality, that's what she wants people to notice. But what's going on on the inside is something totally different. And it was just so weird because like I said, you would think that they had been there for a while, the way that this, you know, the way that the first three episodes went. And then it's like, wait, it's only been 12 hours? It's actually actually really brilliant how they're doing it. It's like, we're going to give you everything you need to know about what's going on inside, basically inside Wanda's head. Mm -hmm. And so we get to episode three, and you act, because think about it, if they started with episode three, you'd be like, what is happening? Like, you don't know what is really going on. It just kind of looks like she's just going through these different scenes. But now that you actually have the background of episode one through three and you actually see everything that's happening, now you actually get to see, you know, S.W.O.R.D. actually working on what's happening. And like you Mm -hmm. said, it's only been a day, Mm -hmm. you know. And you know what? I'm glad you mentioned S.W.O.R.D. because this was the thing. So we were going to try to record this episode last week and Anthony couldn't make the recording after I saw the first few episodes I mean the first few minutes of episode four I was like y'all we cannot record this without Anthony because you talked about sword in the first and second you know when we discussed the first two episodes and you said well I don't know if they're actually going to bring this fully into the fold like they may just be throwing that out there for whatever's going to happen in the future MCU but you really were like I don't know if they're going to do this but this is what that symbol means and this is what Mm -hmm. it might mean and once I saw it I was like oh no we absolutely cannot discuss this show without Anthony 
because again, I'm not really a comic book reader. I know that some of the people who are who watch the MCU, who may be watching this show, are not comic book nerds. So you are gonna you and Lori and Michael, y'all are gonna give us the background on Sword and what this what this is aside from what we've learned in episode four. Right. And it's like it, again, it's a it's the Marvel Marvel Universe's knack for acronyms for acronyms <laughs> where they where they where sword is the sentient weapon observation report division. It's, it reminds me of the very first episode of Agents of Agent of Shield, where where they were talking to what's his name, and he was like, "Yeah, it sounds like y'all just really wanted to spell shield, make a make a worse worse right. spell shield." And I was like. Yeah, they really wanted to spell sword like really badly. I mean, if you have to have an acronym, why not a cool acronym? I guess, but I mean, I get it. It's like it's it's just kind of a thing where I where I was like, yeah, I expected that. I kind of expected it anyway because they have so many acronyms in the Marvel universe where they just like spell everything out and like you know, it's kind of (laughs) aim, sword, shield, right. Yeah, <laughs> so much stuff. I think I also think that I mean it's it's obvious that there's a it's either a different timeline or it's like it's a different quantum realm that they're in because time literally means nothing where they are. Like like in in Westfield, it's like she's obviously obviously frozen or not not necessarily frozen but altered altered time in a way that is conducive to her it's mm-hmm. just like her it's like her she's using her hex powers to do things but it's to do them and not really have respect for the time that everyone else is in mm-hmm. she's kind of doing it where where she wants it to be and that that just shows you know about her being i i know y'all were talking earlier i, I listened to we all did episodes one and two and y'all were talking about what kind of mutant she is. And I looked it up because I, I wanted to be sure. But yeah, she is, like, she is like an Omega level mutant, almost on the level of like Franklin Richards. And Franklin Richards is her, like, but a, a little more powerful where he can just, where there was a time, I think in Avengers versus X-Men, where he, re- he had to recreate everything from his memory because it got blanked out when, when Professor X became Onslaught. But that's an entirely different long drawn out story <laughs> yeah it, but it's like yeah she's like an omega level mutant where her powers are like just off the charts yeah all, all the reality altering mutants are omega level you know proteus franklin richards her in any legion anyone who can actually change reality even jean gray when she was the phoenix Which could do it as well mutant. Yeah, but she was already on the mega level just based on her telepathy and telekinesis, but that just kicked her into another, you know. But any anyone who can actually change reality is considered omega level. And but you know, the the weird thing about her was well, not really weird, but the aspect of being able to change probabilities is is um, long shot could do long something shot, yeah. similar. Yeah, he could do something similar, but hers was on a whole nother level, whole nother level. When you talk about, you know, cha- changing 
how changing how the dice that you roll as opposed to reshaping the entire mutant species just based on yeah. you know embracing a whole the whole mutant species right yeah right like different yeah um but sword yeah the sentient world observation response division we usually just say like it's like the space version of shield mm-hmm. yeah. is, is pretty much it and it is it was it started off if i remember correctly Lori, it started off as as like an offshoot of shield Mm-hmm. So when Shield realized they needed a division specifically designated for alien threats, you know, from outer space, that's that's when they came up with Sword, Sword and Shield. Ha <laughs> ha! Aren't y'all funny, Marvel? Uh-huh. <laughs> but see, but see, the thing that I'm curious about is that her neighbor um, uh, Agnes is actually Agatha Harkness. And she is a uh, a member of Sword and of the space version. She's associated with Adam Warrock and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm, okay. So I'm, now, I'm curious. Okay, so this is what I was going to ask because I noticed that when when Monica first visited Sword after you know she she came back, and we'll talk about that in a little bit too. Director Haywood says something to her about, uh, yeah, it says sentient weapons on the front now. So did the S used to stand for space since they, they talk about the space program and the astronaut training program. And apparently Monica Rambo has been to space at this, you know, prior to the blip and everything. So is that what that program was for? It, it was for space weaponry and exploration and research. That would depend if she's already Captain Marvel or not. Not yet, but it's close. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see. Because if, if she is, then yeah. See, that's, that's an interesting question. Like when he talked about artificial intelligence and all that stuff, mm-hmm. usually I would say that would be like within Shield's domain, but then Shield has so much other stuff. So I guess you could the sentient world observation and response division doesn't really tell you what they're what they're supposed to do. You understand what I'm saying? Like it doesn't. It's not very explicit. Mm-hmm. But like I said, when you read in the comic books, it's pretty clear that the majority of the thing they do with are extraterrestrial threats. Okay. And I always took the sentient world to mean like, like advanced species from other planets, right? As opposed to you know something like brood, which I wouldn't consider advanced species. They just come here and want to mm. impregnate all all the, all the humans on the planet and you know multiply, which is not really you know trying to take over your civilization and building on it or stealing your technology. So, it, I mean, it, just, it would, dep- I guess, honestly, the honest answer is it would depend on who's writing it because different writers do different things with it, so. Okay, okay. Well, one thing- I, I guess I- it doesn't really answer your question, but it, it kind of does, is yes and no. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's a Marvel thing. Whatever the, whatever the writers feel like they can do with it, they do with it. So if they want 
for to have to deal with artificial intelligence threats than they would do with artificial intelligence threats. And would they consider metaphysical things like, you know, Asgard, would Asgard be considered an extraterrestrial threat that Sword would be involved with? So, I mean, you start getting into, the, to those, into those delineations of, of what you would and wouldn't do. Okay. Because in the comic books, what's her, was it Abigail Brand? What was her name? She was like- Marcus? No. Um, Which one? The first director of Sword. Her last name was Brand. She she oh, was yeah, she was half oh. she was half alien. So yeah. it was oh, pretty much it was pretty much a remember. thing that it was pretty much a thing that she did. She was half alien, so it followed that a lot of their threats were extraterrestrial. Okay. Yeah. No, I I I gotta look it up. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't remember her name. Yeah, because the because they also threw them in. Uh, they, they best did uh, in the season two of the X-Men from the 90s when they, they had their father come back and they were there with the aliens there too. So, yeah. Yeah. But the cool thing is you realize <clears throat> that maybe they got a boost in funding after they realized, you know, the government's like, oh, S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of got infiltrated. So, by Hydra. So, it seems that they decided to pump a lot of money into sword so since shield was probably down and out for the count you know and needing to be rebuilt sword was probably filling in a lot of gaps that were left by shield having been taken down okay being handicapped and i also found it i know this is way off the subject but i also found it interesting that when you look at shield was basically started by peggy carter mm-hmm right, who had a very influential captain in her life, just like Maria Maria Rambeau started S.W.O.R.D. and had a very influential captain in her life. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was kind of cool that you have these two women build these two powerful organizations. Girls get it done. Abigail Brand. Abigail Brand, Brand, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but it's it's interesting they went with Maria Rambeau as, as one of the the founders of of sword yeah because they the the way the de- director hayward made it seem it made it he made it seem like she was the one who built sword mm-hmm. like he literally said she built it from the ground up mm-hmm. so okay now one interesting thing about the fourth episode we wondered in the first two episodes like we weren't quite sure where in the timeline this show was taking place at episode four answers that pretty definitively for us. So episode four starts with Monica coming back from the blip or the snap, whatever you want to call it. So literally she comes back that's falling in line with the final battle of Endgame because that's when everybody started appearing. And then she arrives at S.W.O.R.D. three weeks later And then she goes to New Jersey the next day to start this assignment. So it's roughly three, three and a half weeks from the end of, or, you know, from the final battle where Thanos is finally defeated. So we kind of have an idea of where we are in the world. Now it's just a matter of figuring, aside from Vision being gone, which Vision was gone a while back before that, like what happened between that final battle 
and this to make Wanda create this world. You know, it's like she had some time. She had five years because five years, that's when she destroyed Vision and the Mind Stone, right? When, mm-hmm. when Thanos did the snap and then they came back, it, was five, it had been five years. So it's not like she's dealing with the sudden loss of Vision and that's why she went into this, you know, created this world. So I want to know what happened between Endgame and, and now that caused her to create this world. Well, well, mind you, it, it still is a sudden loss. Because remember, the people who were gone during the blip didn't experience five years of nipping. Right. For them, it just happened. I'm trying. Was Wanda one of the people that was blipped? I yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. she was. Okay, you're right. You're right. <clears throat> she was. You're so right. She, so for her, it, it, it literally... It is fresh. Okay. It's fresh. It just happened. And I, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that she, she probably is still trying to deal with that trauma. Like, it literally just happened. Right. Yeah, she had no time to mourn whatsoever. I mean, she was holding she was holding Vision's lifeless body in her arms. Then she got snapped. Then she came back and pieced and pieced Thanos up pretty well. Should have beat his ass, but she really hasn't had time to come to terms with any of this. Yeah. Then she finds out everything else that happened, and it's like you know, I mean, you would you would expect like her to not really take things too well. Yeah, and she, and she she watched him die twice. Like she killed him. That's true. Thanos brought him back, and then he I killed mean, him. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And, and that's that's going to be pretty traumatic. And even after they came back, and she was she was on her way to killing Thanos, she still hadn't had a moment to grieve because it it just like they happened. literally came came back right when all of that stuff started. So yeah. Oh, poor Wanda. But yeah, I mean, but back, but but back to episode three. Episode three, I thought was was pretty good at showing that there are cracks in in Wanda's reality. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, I I kind of wonder just the way. <clears throat> of her behavior throughout the episode. And then of course, you notice the neighbor's behavior and Geraldine's behavior. It's almost like there were moments where she was so deep into this illusion of this world that once certain things started happening, it's kind of like, it's kind of like she was falling out of her own spell. And then once she realized that it's almost like the pain was catching up to her. And then she had to like, go back and kind of rebuild this, rebuild herself, put herself back up under that spell. And I just noticed that within that third episode, and it was not just her, the conversation she was having with Geraldine, when Geraldine was talking about, you know, the experience that she was having at work, when Wanda threw the orange at the stork, and the stork made that cackle, and she kind of got startled. She was like, did you hear that? Did you hear that? What was that? it's almost like she completely turned into a different person. Like she, it's almost like as she's in the alternate universe, she's kind of immersed herself into it to the point where she feels like she's a part of it. I mean, she came to the house talking about her house was flooding 
and she needed a bucket. If she doesn't have a house, how would she know that those homes were flooding? So it's almost like she's fully into the reality and then something kind of knocks her out of it and she starts to remember that, okay, something is not right. And then as she and Wanda started talking, it's almost like you could see the facial expression and the body language change. It's kind of like she's self-aware and then she goes back into that trance state. It was really interesting to see her do that, you know, because the other characters, Herb and um, Agnes, you hear them talking outside the house and they're talking about Geraldine. So obviously they know that she doesn't belong there. They don't, and they don't know why she's there. Herb has suspicions apparently, but of course Agnes stops him from saying anything to Vision, but it's kind of different watching the way that all of the characters are maneuvering this reality. Because again, Herb and Agnes seem self-aware and like they're pretending because they don't want to piss Wanda off. And it seems like Monica or Geraldine has like fully kind of immersed herself. And then it's like certain things kind of knock her out of it. And then when the when she made the Ultron reference, it's kind of like, again, you see a veil be lifted from her face. And then she says that, and then she realizes, oh shit, I shouldn't have said that. And she tries to go back into that Geraldine persona, but at this point, the jig is up. But it's really, it's really interesting seeing her play two facets of the same character, like one that's completely self-aware and then one that might be in a trance, hypnotized, whatever you want to call it, controlled by Wanda's powers. It, it's just, it's, it's very interesting. And I want to see how the other characters, you know, we only see, saw those few characters, but I want to see how the other characters are maneuvering this reality. Like, do they really know that they're kind of in a, I, I guess you can kind of like, it, it's like a sim, you know, it's a simulation almost. Like, do they know? Or yeah, it's, kind of, it's kind of like a holodeck almost. Um, because I remember her specific words were about Geraldine. He said she came here because we're all, then he stopped himself. And and Vision was like, all what? Then Agnes was like, stop it. Like, shut up. But it's almost like Herb was trying to say because he said he said she's here because she's here because we we're she, all she's here because we're all it's like Every time he tried to make the statement, he could get a little bit more of it out. But it's almost like he was he was fighting against himself to say what he needed to say. Like he wanted to tell Vision, but something was holding him back and it wasn't voluntary. That's the kind of that's kind of how I looked at the scene. Like every time he was trying to say something, he got a little bit more out, a little bit more out. And then right when he was about to say it, Agnes was like, no, no, you know, because she seems to be the one that's more, I guess, worried about what will happen. Right. And then also, if you notice, when they started identifying the people who were lost within this world, when, you know, when the FBI came in and they start, they figured out kind of what was going on. They started identifying who were the people in Wanda's world. Agnes was one of the, I think, only two people who had not been identified. So 
So it's kind of like, okay, was Agnes one of the people that came from the real world, the real Westview and was pulled in? Or is Agnes a figment of Wanda's imagination? That's kind of what I wonder. And again, I don't know anything about the character, but you guys have said that she is a specific person. I don't know anything about this character. So at this point, I'm just going based on what I see on the TV screen. It's kind of like, okay, is this person like a real person or is she somebody that Wanda also like thought of into existence? So I, I find this interesting because if you don't know, well, if you don't know who we suspect she is, what do you th what do you think she is? Do you think she's a figment of her imagination or do you think that maybe she is someone who who maybe she's trying to protect herself from like they've given us clues already that people can break from her from Wanda's control just mm -hmm. a little bit we saw Miss Hart do it Miss Hart was telling her to stop it stop mm -hmm. it when she was trying she had a smile on her face but she was telling her to stop choking him mm -hmm. you know so she kind of broke from a little bit mm -hmm. we've seen Herb do it Obviously, Agnes has, and it's almost as if, and we see that um, Monica does. It's almost like there's certain levels. Like, if you realize you can break free, like you said, you don't want one to know that you, you, you got to keep playing your part mm -hmm. because you don't know what's going to happen if you don't play your part. Right. So, and yeah, you're right, because Agnes did not have a driver's license, with her picture like they had the pictures up there she was the one only one didn't have a jersey driver's license mm -hmm. i can't remember who, who else and herb wasn't up there either yeah they right. did they, no, did. they, they got her herb. okay but he i don't think he had a license either did he yeah he did he, yeah. Did. Well, then, he was he was one of the people he was one of the first few people that they identified, they identified. i have to go back and look um because when i was noticing it i went back and i saw I, I read one article talking about the show and i think it was agnes and it was another white guy in a suit oh, and, but i can't and dotty dotty was not up there either and she was also someone who kind of broke free for a second oh yeah yeah and dotty i don't think is up there at all so i don't know if these are red herrings or they're trying to throw us off because you know people freeze frame and magnify and try to right you know people have read all the descriptions and, and things up there and some of it might be spoilerish and none of it is done accidentally it's done on purpose mm -hmm. like if they didn't want us to know something they wouldn't put it on the sheet of paper and put it up there on the board mm -hmm. you know what i mean so there has to be a reason for it and and I, the original question I asked you was, who what, who do you think Agnes is? So what do you think role that she's playing? See, based that, on what you've seen so far. See, it, you I have a know. question. So it makes you want to watch and see mm -hmm. where this is going. Because I yeah. feel like now, especially with episodes three and especially, especially with number four, I feel like now I need to go back and rewatch the first two episodes because I feel like there might have been clues that I missed. You know, of course, I wouldn't know to look for certain clues. I'm sitting here trying to figure out, you know, you're watching the show and you watch it at first for just the enjoyment. And then you may watch it a second time to kind of, OK, well, what can I learn from watching the show? What what are they giving me? And now with the adding of episode four and seeing the context for how the first three episodes have been presented to us. 
I feel like now I need to go back and rewatch everything probably all at once to kind of start following the thread and putting the pieces together. Yeah. Also, this the, this the exchange reminded me of the the part in the Twilight Zone movie where the child had the um where there was there was a little boy and he had control he he was really powerful and he had control of the whole town and everybody was just kind of smiling nodding and going along with him but the sister kind of lost it and he threw her into the world of cartoons and basically killed her I'm, it's kind of random but it's like that that's one of it I mean, that's what it really reminded me of because everybody's kind of smiling and going along with whatever it is and and it's like they're afraid of what's going to happen like is he going to is she going to like throw your thoughts in, really into a tv show or is she going to like flip us out of out of out of existence mm-hmm. or or whatever what's going to happen also real quick um someone i was while i was watching watching uh someone talking about this talking about these episodes and they said that she the reason that she's doing the tv shows that she's doing is that she was it was very limited what she saw in sokovia as far as tv shows go and maybe mm-hmm. it's a form of comfort for her where she can remember oh i used to watch all these old black and white tv shows or i used to watch this really cool kind of 70s show 70s sitcom and it brings her comfort and it kind of keeps her level-headed maybe yeah, I think Anthony or Lori mentioned that when we were when we talked about episodes one or two. But um, you know, the other thing as far as the people in the neighborhood, whether or not they're self-aware or not, one thing that I noticed, and you only see it very briefly in episode three and in episode four, Vision is also self-aware that something's not right. You know, he he mentions it to her in the third episode. And when he says, I think that something is wrong, she literally rewinds the scene yeah. and it starts, you know, it, it the scene restarts and he says something different. And yeah. then at the end of the episode, after Geraldine has disappeared, you know, Vision doesn't know where she is. But when he tells her, he says, we can go somewhere else. And she's like, no, we can't. This is our home. And she walks away from him and goes to sit on the couch. He turns around and he looks at her and he looks really worried. Like he knows that she's doing something, but he can't quite figure it out. But again, it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know what to think because like Darcy said, um, isn't he like dead, dead, like not blipped out of existence, dead, like he's really dead. So is this actually vision or is this, her own self-conscious kind of trying to you you get what i'm saying it's like her own conscience is trying to you know you see it when she when she confronts geraldine slash monica once monica mentions ultron and she blasts her out of the house she kind of looks startled like oh my god what did i do what's going on and then again that whole veil lifting and unlifting is kind of like she puts the veil back on and she cleans up her mess and she goes back to being the controlled Wanda. So it's just kind of like, I don't know what to think. And then she sees Vision as he is when he's dead. Right. With a crushed head. I I I feel like Vision, the Vision that we're seeing is probably her her subconscious. 
I think that's her subconscious kind of trying to, I don't know if it's trying to make her face reality, trying to make her break from this world that she has created. But I feel like that's what that is. Like whatever doubts, whatever fears she has, she's kind of put it to the side so that she can have this happy ending that she wants for herself. See, I, I think it's I think it's more than that. I think she has literally she has created this reality and based on the powers that she has, if if they're if they're trying to use a power set that she has from the comic books, she could actually bring him back. Right. I think that's like I- she can actually recreate him and I think that's and I think we got that flash of him as he is. Okay. In not recreate, reanimate. Reanimate. Because because Paul Bettany, who plays Vision, did an interview recently, and he talked about a deleted scene that had Wanda unzipping a body bag that had Vision in it. I don't know how accurate that is. I don't know if he was trying to be funny or have a red herring, but that sounds like she could have went to try to find his body and brought him back, you know, try, is trying to bring him back. Like she thinks she could bring him back. Okay. And and she has created this world where she has actually, like Michael said, reanimated him. And that's why she, for a moment, sees him as he truly is. Okay. And, but, and maybe she, she, he, maybe she couldn't completely Maybe she could reanimate him, but she couldn't change how he looks, which would explain why Herb is like sees him and is nervous and cuts through the wall, and is just like really like I mean maybe she maybe she maybe her control isn't enough to to keep it up consistently. So every now and then people will see the old vision and they'll be like, oh fuck, that's right, we're fucked. Then this like you know because her herb just like kept cutting and cutting and cutting through the wall. That would be so weird if they could see at vision. See him as he is. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, and I think the important takeaway from for me for episode three was that she isn't omnipotent. Like there are moments where she can't or it's hard for her to control what's happening, and when she loses control, she has to reset. And start over, and and I think that was one of the takeaways that I got from episode three was okay. We one and two, we showed you what she can build. We kind of showed you what she can do. Mm-hmm. Episode three, here is what happens when she starts to lose control. You know, when the facade, when the veil Church. is yeah slowly lifted. Right. This is this is the consequence of that. But not not only that, we have to remember Wanda technically is not a witch, she's a mutant. And you and I both know that every once in a while the mutant powers will fail the mutants. Mm-hmm. And that could be what we're seeing also. Yeah. Yeah. And and you also have to remember that because the stone that her powers this is one of the things I think they kind of messed up. In, in the MCU is saying that her and Quicksilver's powers were derived from the Soul Stone yeah. or the Mind Stone, right? Was it the Mind Stone? Yeah, the Mind Stone. And his... Wait, what? Yeah. I missed, his, that. I missed that. When, when did yeah. that happen? 
Yeah, that this was the, that was at the Avenger at the end of um, which one was that? I that forgot. Was Age of Ultron, wasn't it? It was before no, that. It was the, they were in Age of. They Ultron. were in Age of Ultron. It, it was the one. It was like at the end of Thor. I think oh. it was where they, oh. yeah, they called it. He Baron von Strick was like, "It's the age of wonders." Oh yeah, they couldn't yes. say mutants. Yes. and they implied, oh, yeah, right? They implied right. that that he had he had experimented on them with and enhanced their powers. So right? yeah, so okay. now I'm, I'm thinking maybe they since they want to bring the mutants in, that they're gonna just say that they enhanced their powers not necessarily her powers came from it but she obviously took some of that with her but it's interesting that her powers are also like the reality stone but with the reality stone i don't think i think i don't think it actually creates i think it just gives a veil do you understand what i'm saying like you can make reality look how you want to look but it's not lasting it's not permanent it's not something solid. I mean, that would kind of explain like what I say about the characters kind of becoming self-aware of things not quite being right. And then all of a sudden, again, they're acting like everything is normal. Mm-hmm. Kind of like D- Dottie when she broke, you know, when the glass broke and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, you could see she was panicking and then all of a sudden it was something different. And it I noticed that it's also it also happens that way during the times when the outside world is watching the show. That also happens when the glitches happen. You know, it's kind of like, oh, I can't let I can't let the people out there who might be watching. I don't know that she would know somebody is watching, but it's kind of like, oh, I can't let them see that these people kind of might know that something weird is going on. So it's well, like, if if she's editing it, if she's editing it as she goes then whatever they see is what she edited. They wouldn't see what they she edited out. They would only see what she wanted the people in her in her fantasy, quote unquote, would want to see. Like it skipped when Dottie crushed the glass. Mm-hmm. Like what Darcy saw was a complete scene without that part in it. Mm-hmm. You know, or when she yeah, it was specifically it was almost like it was bad editing, like you right. Said, but that doesn't change the fact that that little part it happened. happened. Yeah, right. Which is this? It just makes this all the more weird. Like, is she also manipulating time as well? You know, and and also you know, Darcy talked about the CNBR. I don't know if Michael took a note on this. I can't remember what the scene bar was, but I know that that's the background radiation from what was left yeah, over from the, the Big Bang. Bang. Yeah. Right. And we know that the, the stones were all created from that energy. Right. So that energy is just out there floating around. So apparently it seems like she's channeling that creation energy as well. Mm. So it's almost as if all of this in in bringing back vision creating the babies she's actually making things real because she's using i think in my mind she's using the energy of creation what created the universe is still out there and she's pulling it in and channeling it herself that's how she's able to create her own pocket universe and that's why darcy was like wow that's a whole lot of cnbr in there Mm-hmm. because that's what she's doing she's using that energy to 
create life. Right. This, this is really, really strange. And well, she, she could have used it to, to create the twins, too. Yeah, to create the twins. And in the comic book, see, the twins were, um, they were demons, which I've seen a lot of theories that they're demons involved, which I won't talk about. But the demons wanted to have physical form in this world. So they were trying to possess the twins, or they were going to possess the twins. And yeah, I don't know how much of that. Of this, though. Huh? Of this. Yeah, Mephist, yeah. I, I, and Agatha Harkness was a part of that. But I don't know how much of that story they want to incorporate into the MCU. Okay. I mean, it depends mm. on how far they want to go. Because her, her kids become Wicked and Speed and the New Mutants. So, I mean, if they want to go that far, then they can go that far. So it just depends, like you said. Then they then they would have to bring in uh, um, Nicholas Scratch. Then they would have to bring in uh, Pepsi Walker, Hell Walk, uh, Hellcat. They'd have to do a whole bunch of different stuff. Hmm. I'm not against. Don't go space. Like what are they talking <laughs> about? No, no. I'm just sitting here. I'm like because some of those names sound familiar. Like I said, I used to read comics like a lifetime ago, so some of those names do sound familiar to me. But I'm just I'm just thinking. Okay, so. I know I've read recently that WandaVision, the events of WandaVision will have a direct impact on the new Doctor Strange movie. Mm-hmm. Right. So lead right into it. Right. Oh yeah. Everything, everything, everything I've seen, I agree hundred percent on that. Right. So it's just kind of like my mind is like, wow, how how far are they going to take this? You know, and I think we're not even, I think we still have, if I'm not mistaken, I think the last episode of WandaVision is supposed to be the first weekend in March. So we only have um, a few more, yeah, a few more episodes left. So and, I'm, and I'm just sitting here like my mind is going through all the possibilities like. Wow. Part of it's gonna be with the new new Ant Man too. When they when they introduce Kang, it's like there's part parts of it are gonna be for that too. Like it, there's gonna okay. be, it, it's all the new. It's just like the previous one. Everything's gonna be connected in one way or the other. Well, if you think about the the broad scope, you know, if I put on my Kevin Feige hat, the broad scope of what we want to do is we we've reclaimed the X Men, we've reclaimed Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. And we've reclaimed the new mutants. We, we, we've reclaimed mutants. Right. And we have to figure out a way to make it organic in working these things in. Mm-hmm. So like when the acting director of SOAR talked about um, the space travel and, and all this stuff, I immediately thought of that's how they're going to bring Fantastic Four in. Right. I thought that too. It's going to be through SOAR. Mm-hmm. So I got, I got that. And well, There's a reason why they kept putting the they they still released the new mutants. I think that was the last movie that was under 20th Century Fox before it was acquired. And all the other movies, you know, that were in the pipeline and that were ready to release were all scrapped. But they still stuck with the releasing the new mutants because I think they wanted to also have that as a possible vehicle for bringing mutants in to the universe. So it, we, we have all this, and then, you know, we know that WandaVision is leading into Doctor Strange. We also know that they're going to do some version of the multiverse in Spider-Man. 
Mm-hmm. You know, all of this is leading towards something. And the only reason why you bring Kang the Conqueror in is he's basically trying to rule the universe through time travel. So not only do we have reality shaping people, we've got time travel people, we have all this crap again. Where where are we going, Mr. Feige? Like, are you really going to take this round trip just so we can get Fantastic Four and X-Men? Well, apparently so, because they want to make it work. (laughs) They want to justify it and make it, they want to make it make sense because in the previous MCU movies, all 20 some odd movies, mm-hmm. that was the thing. Everything had to make sense and everything had to be consistent. We're just not going to throw things together like DC where it's a mess yeah. and, and it's just all over the place. No, they're going to have a clear and coherent vision, pun intended, right. into right. what they want to do. Because they could, they could easily, very easily connect Agatha through Wanda to the Fantastic Four through Franklin. You know, I mean, that would be the easiest, simplest way, but they're not going to go there because then it would take just a little bit too much time to explain that. Yeah, but if but you go the other way, I'm sorry? It, it, dep- it depends on when they're, when they're going to bring in the Fantastic Four. See, this is where, where, they, where they're going to have to make a decision. It's just like, thank God they didn't start Tom Holland's Spider-Man with Uncle Ben dying again. So are they going to figure out, are, are they going to start Fantastic Four by having them go through whatever turned them into the Fantastic Four again? Like, are they going to have mm. to be bombarded with radiation again? Or are they going to, they're, they're going to, are they going to devote like five, like two minutes in the beginning and be like, all right, y'all know this happened. All right, now let's proceed. I mean, because Franklin Richards is kind of far down in in Fantastic Four, like that's kind of this way later. Yeah. Yes, yeah, way later. yeah. I mean, because because they they're gonna have to introduce Doctor Doom because you can't have Fantastic Four without Doctor Doom somewhere that's in true. the first one or two movies that you do. That's like I think there were rumors that Doctor Doom would be in someone else's movie. Yeah, I want to say Black Panther. Yeah, two. I I I think I read that somewhere. But yeah, they have a lot of foundation to build again, you know. And because they, they were going to do um Namor with um what's his well, name? Well, I guess they could do Doom for what's, that. What's I, his name? I can't. Yeah. Is that Luke, Luke something or other? That would yeah, I can see that. Uh, yeah, well, well, it's gonna. So Anthony, you just you just mentioned, you know, you were talking about Fantastic Four, and when Mike asked a question. I went to Google because I remember them announcing Fantastic Four was coming to the MCU. I just don't remember if they gave like a projected date or anything. So I I type in Fantastic Four MCU into Google and the first thing, top stories, several articles, did WandaVision hint at MCU Fantastic Four? See? (laughs) See? Because they try to make everything organic. Like why else would they send a family of astronauts in the space. Well, he said most of the people who were astronauts, when they came back, they had lost their nerve. And the ones who were still there were like, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. Right. So they kind of shorthanded. So I guess they would take, you know, whoever. And of course, you know, Mr. Fantastic or, you know, Reed would be like, we got to cover. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it, it, it has to all be kind of organic in order for your your broader 
MCU audience that stuck with you through 30 movies to stick with you through another 30 movies. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got to feel real. It can't be, it just can't be thrown together and tossed out there. That's not how they've, they've really done things. Right, right, right. Okay, so pulling it back to the show. Um, there, there was No, because this is good, but I do want to talk about a couple of things with the show. First of all, you mentioned something earlier. Um, you were talking about Paul Bettany's interview about a deleted scene and Vision in the body bag and Wanda seeing Vision in the body bag. And I was sitting here thinking, it's been five years. Why would Vision still be in a body bag? And I was like, well, Tony Stark really have kept Vision's body like- yes to see okay if there's a, and i was like of course he would it's tony stark you know how expensive vision was to make right it's not, millions of dollars not only if, that if, but, if anyone was going to try to figure out how to bring him back yeah it, it would be tony yeah and, be. and then not even just for the money aspect just i think because of the wealth of knowledge that vision had and then also there's a little bit of a emotional component to that too for tony you know that was that was jarvis that's where jarvis went right yeah it's jarvis and jarvis was like literally with him when he started all of this so yeah i could see it but that that thought just struck me in my head and i was and it's it's not like he's going to decompose either this is true but I just, when you said that, I was like, why would he still be in a, why would Wanda even be able, and I was like, oh, Tony, yeah. It sounds like something he would do. But, um, and, and if anything, if anything, he would have still been in Wakanda. And Shuri, cause, well, no, Shuri was gone in a blip too, wasn't she? Yeah, mm-hmm. Shuri got blipped, yeah. She got blipped Even too. though he didn't shortly blip, she did get blipped. Yeah. Well, I was going to say maybe maybe the Wakandans kept his body because, you know, he was still made partially of vibranium, so. Okay. <sighs> I, can see, I can see Okoye hanging on to him just for security, like he said, because he does have vibranium in him, inside of him. So, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. But you know, no one's gonna no one's gonna keep him from Wanda. Wanda's gonna go through everybody to get him if she really wants him. Like, oh yeah, if she's yeah. What, what, what are you? Gonna who, do? Yeah, who's who's gonna tell her no? I, right. I can't think of anyone. Who's gonna check her boo? Right. I mean this this is the this is the woman who is so powerful that she was holding off Thanos with four of the stones while destroying the fifth stone at the same time that she's practically killing the love of her life. Wanda's not, no, mm -mm. nobody's going to mess with her, which is probably why everybody in Westview is kind of running scared. They're like, yeah, we know what she's capable of. We're not fucking with that. No. And then how far is her powers actually extending? Because those two cops... Because Westview, Westview doesn't exist, but there's the Eastview. But the Eastview cops. No, no, no. I think Westview Westview actually does exist. Eastview doesn't exist. If you think about it, right, Eastview doesn't exist. Because if you think about it, when Monica was driving there, the exit sign said Westview, Westview. like they very specifically showed us the exit. So I think 
so she's but affecting she, people outside as yes. well because she changed the car because the car says Eastview. The cops have patches that say Eastview, and they're like, well, "We don't know what this is." Or right. Yeah. Like they have absolutely no interest whatsoever like in finding out what's going that on. Even it could be that. And, and again, like Monica said, maybe it's because we don't have an emo- emotional attachment. That's why we're not affected. But it's almost like the cops were sitting there and they didn't even acknowledge that there was a whole town behind them. They're like, it doesn't exist. Right. Like maybe that energy field, they can't see beyond it. You know, they can probably see that car sitting at the edge where I guess the, the person that Agent, um, Agent Wu had, you know, that was the car. But you can see the car there, but it's kind of like, dude, we've been telling you all morning, there is no town is Westview. Like, obviously there's a whole town behind you. There is a, there is a sign right next to you that Monica very pointedly said, so you mean to tell me that the town of Westview, North (laughs) New Jersey, and she looked at the sign when she said that, you're telling me that this town right here where the sign says Westview population, blah, blah. You're telling me that this town doesn't exist. Okay, who's the delusional one here? You know, but if if they're, if, if they're being made to forget and they don't even see that that's there, that's, that's altogether possible, you know? Because think about it. Like, is there, is there an East... Is there an East View? I don't think there's an East View. So there's why is East View on their stuff? Like, did she actually make? She probably did. Out, outside of her bubble. That's that's just crazy to me. I mean. Even within the realm of, of the MCU. I mean, we, we've seen some crazy stuff. I'm just saying. That's why Doctor Strange was an important movie. Doctor Strange expanded the possibilities in the MCU. Right. Right. You know, things can get really freaky and really weird really fast. (laughs) Right. Now I will say there were there were two very emotional moments in these episodes for me. One was when Wanda mentioned Pietro because you really don't hear her mention him after the events of Ultron. Like he's not really mentioned except for the fact that um, you know, Hawkeye named his his child after him. But other than that, you really don't hear it. So for her to bring him up and that little scene where she was singing the lullaby, that was a really sweet moment. But let me tell y'all, episode four. So when it starts out, you hear, you know, audio bite from Captain Marvel. And then you start seeing like, the, and I always call it the Thanos dust. You see the Thanos dust, but it's in reverse and you start to see this person forming. And then you start hearing all the chaos. When I heard the chaos, I knew what the chaos meant. That meant that people were just appearing. When I tell y'all, I got emotional for it. I don't know why. I just literally, it was just like, I guess I felt like how she must have felt. One, she doesn't know what's going on. She just happens to look at her hands and she's like, what the fuck is, 
she probably thought she was dreaming because she just woke up from a nap. Then she looks over at this hospital bed and whoever she was expecting in the hospital bed is not there. She runs out. Well, at the time, we didn't know that's that's who it was. But I'm saying, you know, you look over and the, the bed has been made like nobody's been there. So she's panicking. You hear all of the commotion outside of the room. And as you're running into places like people are literally forming, rematerializing in front of her beside her can you imagine what kind of panicked feel that must be because you your mind doesn't understand what's going on one you don't even realize that you've been gone and then you see all this stuff happening in front of you and it's just that scene like really shook me more than I thought it would I was just kind of like I was sitting there like I felt like I needed a warm blanket and a hug after watching (laughs) that scene like and then to find out, not only is it not the day that you thought it was, it's been years, five years, and your mom has been gone for three of those years, and you've been gone for five of those years. Like, people are looking at you like, oh, my God, you're here. And she's like, what do you mean I'm here? Like, I was just in there taking a nap. I can't even imagine, like, in the climax of Endgame, when everybody else was coming back, I don't think we thought about what that must have been like all we know is that oh we see all the circles coming and everybody is showing up to whoop Thanos's ass that's all we cared about it was it was emotional Mm -hmm. in that sense like oh my god everybody's back but then when you sit there and you think about like I really never thought about okay I wonder how those people reacted when they came back like we know certain people like we know Hawkeye's wife first thing she did was call him but we don't know what that was like because she probably doesn't understand what's going on. She's probably like, wait, you were just there playing, you know, uh, showing baby girl how to, you know, how to do the bow and arrow thing. Where is he? And that's probably what that phone call was. Like, where did you go that fast? Right. This, this was like the first time we've seen it from that side. Yes. Like we've seen the, the only couple of times we've seen it, like when Hawkeye's wife called him, that sort of positive, you know, the tuba player getting wrecked in Spider-Man, that that was kind of positive. You know, that was a funny situation. That was a funny moment. Well, we never and, seen a scary one, yeah. Yeah, and the, and the hero moment when they all come through on Endgame, we saw that, but we never see... It from like this, a first-person perspective. Yes, we never see this side. The shock, the the confusion, the the... I guess I won't, I don't want to want to use the word horror, but just think about all these people. Just you just reappear and like you last, one second, one second you were in you your were. yeah, you, one second you're in your car driving, and the next second you're standing by the side of the road. Like you have no idea what happened. Yeah, right. It just like I said, it hit me way harder than I expected it to. Like I'm just watching the episode, and I'm like, oh, you know. You hear the voices, and it took me a minute to realize that it was a clip from Captain Marvel. And of course, I only realized that once I put the um, once I put the captions on because I couldn't really hear what the conversation was. And then I was like, "Oh, that sounds familiar." Oh, and then when she materialized, I was like, "Because <gasps> of course, we don't know until that moment that she was affected in the snap, you know." And it's just. Again, the, like all of that chaos and everything, it was just, it was one of those things. Like I was shaking watching that scene. Like I can't even imagine 
if that if something like that happened in real life and you're the person that's coming back, the way that they filmed that scene, the way that it was done, uh, Tayana Paris as Monica Rambo is such a great act. Like, oh my gosh, she has become like one of my favorites. Just all the different personalities of Monica and Geraldine's, uh, you know, just that character is just, she is so great. And like I said, to to be able to feel what that character is going through, like I am that character. That was just such a powerful way to start that episode. And then it was kind of like the episode just got better from there. Yeah. You know, we got Darcy, we got Agent Wu, and, you know, we get a little bit of background on everything, but it was just, it was, it was strange, it being a WandaVision show, but we didn't really focus on Wanda and Vision in that way like we did the first three episodes. But this episode, I feel like it was kind of like a breath of fresh air for the series. It kind of gave us something new to look at and something new to focus on. And now I feel like we can watch all four of the episodes and everything ties in a lot better now, you know, as opposed to it just being us trying to figure out what's going on in the first three episodes. Now we can, we can look at it and say, oh my God, so this is what happened and this is what she was doing. And like I said, I feel like I need to go back and rewatch the episodes now and just see what I missed and then kind of start tying those threads together from episode to episode. Yeah, I just, I mean, that, that, that first scene was just like, like mind blowing. It's like you see a scene where, where like there's someone in the hospital bed and someone materializes right next to them and you know they don't know who the hell that is. Right. Like, yo, who the hell are you? Why are you in my room? And it's right. like, and that's just insane. And well, why are you in this bed? Where's my whoever? Where's my wife? Where's my husband? Where's my child? It's got to be so jarring. It's just, oh, yeah, that, that, that's, that first scene was like, that was like one of the best scenes that I've seen on, on TV in a, in a long time. Um, so while we're talking about Darcy and Wu, I'm so sick of these people who are supposedly in charge or who have such a feeling of self-importance about them that they feel like they can just talk any kind of way or disrespect the smart people in the room. Like the guy who greeted Darcy as Miss Lewis, and she's like, um, it's doctor. And then when she was, you know, exclaiming about what she was doing, he was like, so what did you find? Right. Excuse me, Mr. Impatient. I don't recall you sitting here doing anything, figuring anything out. As a matter of fact, they had to come and get me. Shut up. <laughs> and, she still didn't, and she still didn't get a cup of coffee the nerve the unmitigated gall of not getting my, getting my girl some coffee when she can get right. for it and then yeah. Agent Wu telling Director Hayward when they were sending the guy you know through the tunnels he's literally sitting there saying look I don't think this is a good idea we don't know that that force field doesn't go into the tunnels and director Hay was like we don't know that it does and blah 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 oh i bet they miss you at quantico basically saying you need to shut up why are you here you're getting on my nerves and i was like this dude is literally telling you what's going on he has a little bit more experience with this kind of thing 
than you probably do. I mean, I get he's the acting director, but everything about his exchange with Monica when she first got there made me feel like he's not qualified to be that director. Anthony, yes, you have your hand up. <laughs> You're like, oh, I okay. have a theory. All right, let's go. What's the theory? My theory, as far-fetched as it may be, <laughs> is that the quote-unquote acting director, think about it, Mm -hmm. Wanda's in a TV show he's the acting director Mm -hmm. I think he may be a part of what's going on because one of the things was for for someone to make a stupid decision or a decision that stupid like duh we don't know that it doesn't that sounds like something some jock would say right but then turns around and Darcy's telling him we found a lot of senior BR. And he spouts off he, like he knows exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, he explains it to us. Right. So in simple terms, in, in layman's terms. Right. And in and in his office, we had he has all his diplomas up on the wall. So he's a little bit smarter than it's his either a the writers are not being consistent which you know i hate (laughs) or b he's he's not exactly who he is proclaiming to be the diplomas on his wall were um arranged in a hexagon so he could be a hydra agent Mm. why is he still acting director why isn't he director he's been acting director for three years <laughs> seriously yeah talk about talk about being overdue for a, um for a promotion i mean geez it's like i don't think anyone else anyone else is coming no one else wants the job give them the job they know something that's what it is they know something i would i'm entire, i'm 100 on board with your um with that so he either he knows more than he's letting on or he is a part of, of what's happening because think about it well i won't tell y'all to think about it he sent monica there you know, because to help with the missing person. I think he knows who the missing person is, right? And I was thinking maybe he wanted Monica to be gone too, because, you know, he was surprised that she'd be back. He didn't reactivate her past. Like, he didn't, when he found out she, because, like, how long has she been back? Two weeks? Three weeks. Three weeks. And not at one point did he ever, like, reach out to her to find out, hey, what's up, what's going on? We're shorthanded around here. She comes back to work. She puts the thing up, but it doesn't work. And he was there like he was expecting her to be there. Right. So, oh, speaking of speaking of which, that asshole at the front desk. <laughs> so somebody pop him in the pop him in the mouth. Like she she handled that way better than I would have. Cause I would have been like, excuse me, my my mother built this place. What's your name? <laughs> let me let me get that job real quick. No, wait, 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 wait. What what did Giancarlo Esposito say in the boys? I do not have the luxury, you know. Yeah. Right. I'm showing I, my I, ass. I, 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 that's a white man's luxury. Yes. Yeah, that's a white man's luxury. Right. She she couldn't say anything. Her mama is on the wall. <laughs> she can say whatever the hell she wants. <laughs> And they, they don't care. And she has. You may, you may, have, you may have to edit this out. You, you may have to edit this out. But they don't care. <laughs> they don't care. It doesn't matter at all. They, they don't care. I'm not editing that out. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. 
you saw his attitude. He was like, what, what, did you, what are you doing here? Like, like your, he was like, your badge doesn't work. What does that tell you? Yeah, exactly. It's like, what's she going to do? She can't be like rolling her neck. No, you didn't. Well, I need to see. Do you know who I am? He's my security. <laughs> that would have been have that. all of that, but she was she was a little too nice for that situation. I'm 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 just saying. While we're talking about her, can we back up to the end of episode three when she got ejected? Yes. From the bubble and she went through all those walls. Yes. She's got to be in pain. Yes. The no, second she, no, Anthony, she was in pain because of that outfit she was wearing. <laughs> Girl, I'm sorry, that outfit was sharp. <laughs> <laughs> for, for the 70s, that okay, 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 I'll give you that. that outfit was sharp. I was looking at the outfit like, okay, Geraldine, come on with the fashion. Michael has his hand up. Michael, you have. I know hand. what he's gonna say. <laughs> 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 all right, so we all know we already already know who she is. She's gonna be Spectrum, who is a whole time. Or yeah, photon spectrum. Whatever she has, like Captain uh, Marvel. <laughs> She's Captain Marvel. But if, you know, but, but if you'll note, if you notice that she still had most of the things changed. Like when she put the drone, when she sent the drone in, it looked one way. When Wanda picked it up, it looked different because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it changed once it went in there. Mm-hmm. However, once Geraldine, once she got figured out. And Wanda, Wanda pretty much sent her widescreen back out into reality. She still had the same clothes on. Right. She did. Mm-hmm. She didn't so, have on the same clothes that she... And she was covered with Wanda's magic mm-hmm. yeah. powers, so too. I, so I, think, I think this is going to be the point, because the only time they showed her in the preview for the next episode was them scanning her body and seeing if she was okay. So in the next episode or two, she's probably going to She's, her powers are probably going to manifest, and something's going to happen with her going, with her going, trying to trying to go back in there, or trying to help Vision come out. One or two things going to happen because we know Vision's going to come out, but we don't know in what state he's going to come yeah. out. You don't know if he's going to come out and turn and collapse instantly, turn back and turn back into the dead husk. They better not do that. I will cry. I will cry <laughs> so bad. I do not want to see that. I do not need to see Vision die for a third time. I do not need to see that. I mean, but when, once once he's outside of there, outside of her her hexagon, and because the town is in a hexagon, so is I mean, what's going to happen? I mean, if he's if he's outside of that realm, something's got to happen. So I mean, there's there's all kinds of things with that. I think that I think that once she gets her captain, once she comes back out, she's going to get her Captain Marvel thing on, and that's going to be one of the things that's going to be in probably. The final two episodes, in a, one of the last two episodes, she's gonna, it's gonna be a battle between her and Wanda, and it's gonna be freaking, freaking, freaking epic. And I can't wait. I think his theory is 100% solid. And just piggyback off of that theory, I think, like he said, her still having those clothes on, still being covered with Wanda's magic. I call it magic, but her powers mm-hmm. and going through the barrier of the creation energy is going to is going to combine and 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 give her powers. Because remember in in Captain Marvel, she asked her, "Can I think she says, can, can I be like you, or can I have powers like you one day?" And oh. I, I, yeah, well, she 
Well, the, the other possibility is that she may be wearing the uniform already and it was just disguised. Because if anything would absorb or keep her internally protected would be to be wearing the Captain Marvel template uniform costume. But how would she how would she already be in that? Because when she first went to Westview, she had no idea what she was walking into. Doesn't matter. She's with Sword. Even though she was out for five years, they did refer to her as Captain, so she's been to space. Captain Marvel has been a, a friend of her since she's childhood. There is in the realm of possibility that she just wears a basic uh, suit that can change to whatever and just keeps it on. Or she could already be Captain Marvel. We just don't know it yet. Yeah, that's true. She she has been out of space. Maybe she went out to maybe she went out to space with uh, the Fantastic Four, and she got hit with the cosmic radiation. Mm. <laughs> ah. We could go on forever. And on, and on. <laughs> tonight I'm ad nauseum. Yes, we could have so many. We have theories out the wazoo. This is starting to be like that last last episode of Discovery of Witches that we had, where we just kept coming up with um theory upon theory. <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoyed this. This is freaking awesome. I think maybe she was driving the spaceship and, and you know, she and everyone got hit, but she was like, wait, but I'm fine. You know, it could be. Mm. Absolutely possible. So there were a couple of funny moments that uh, that happened in episode three, too. Just little, they weren't big moments. They were just some small things that they were throwing in that I thought was hilarious. First of all, someone please get Vision some better dad jokes than I want to be a proud papaya. <laughs> get him a better dad joke, please. No. And then that damn stork. <laughs> stork <That> was damn- <laughs> funny. Stork because every time she tried to like power it away, it just kind of shook itself off, and it was like, "Is that all you got?" And it just kept on doing what it was doing. That thing was hilarious. Like the stork needed to have its own byline in the credit. That was almost uh uh like a throwback to Bewitched a little bit with the stork. But the stork was hysterical. I agree. I don't know. I I it was it. I thought the whole look of it. I thought everything. I just I was laughing at his hair because that was a really bad wig. <laughs> it was just bad. Now, have, have we determined that that was definitely a cross between uh, the Partridge family and what Brady was Bunch. Brady Bunch? Or is it more yeah. Brady Bunch? And it, uh, it's, it was a it combo. Was, I think it was a combo, but the house was inspired by Brady Bunch. Yeah, definitely. the house definitely was, yeah. And I, I think kind of like the opening credits as well. You know, oh, yes. with yeah. the main bubble, and then you had the three little side. Uh, excuse me, the the main hexagon with the, the character's name. I mean, the character's face, and then you had the three little ones on the side. Yeah, that was kind of Brady Bunchish too. And then they played Daydream Believer at the end. I was like, oh, I feel like I'm in my childhood right now. So that was cool. Cheer up, sleepy dreams. That was awesome. But um. <laughs> Even, even though even though Monica was like rolling on the ground, like oh my god, that's what I was about to say. You know, people have people have been making jokes about how Geraldine just got manhandled out of Westview. <laughs> they were like, they were like, yeah, you stepped too far, Geraldine. That white girl said, get the fuck out my neighborhood. Boom. <laughs> they gave her gave him the jazz of fresh uh, the fresh Pence treatment. Right. 
Ah! <laughs> right. But um, but yeah, this these two episodes were so good. And I think I think I like the third one too better than I did the first two because the first two again was kind of like character building, world building. And you know, I talked about the second episode, how I had that like secondhand, it was funny, but I had that secondhand embarrassment because of what they were doing. You know, Vision was kind of like drunk and she was trying to deal with him acting out of character. So it was kind of cringy, funny to me. But the third episode was like hilarious funny because, you know, I've been pregnant three times. I've never had pregnancies that that spanned what 14 hours, 15 hours, 16 hours. And I've never had a stork come and pester me or my friends and lights going. It, it was just, it was really funny. But I was like, do you really think that somebody can't see that stomach up under that little bowl of fruit? Come on now, Wanda. <laughs> like <laughs> I think I think it was like a nod to all those shows where they tried to hide the pregnancies. I know, but it's like <laughs> and, and it was working at first, but once she and Geraldine sat down, I was like, No, baby, no, it's it's not working. And speaking of which, Geraldine, let's talk about her. So you're talking about how your house is flooding and yet you you have the moment to sit down and tell this long drawn out story about your day at work. You are not subtle. And I and and again, because of the way she plays that character, I don't know if she was actually, if that was actually like all Geraldine, like as part of that world, or if she was just kind of like, okay, let me see what's going on here. And she was kind of pretending to be Geraldine because even in the first episode that we're introduced to Geraldine, you can see differences in the character like when she and Wanda first you know meet each other and they're introduced to each other when she goes to introduce her name she's like I'm I'm Geraldine and then when she shakes Wanda's hand it's almost like she's completely in in this you know I keep calling it like a simulation it's almost like she's completely in the simulation oh yeah that I mean her whole demeanor changed so it's just kind of Again, it's interesting watching her try to navigate and trying to figure out, okay, is this is she self-aware the whole time that she is in there? I don't or... I don't think she is. She yeah. she is. She she has those I think everyone in there has a moment where again, Wanda's power omnipotent. Yeah. Ebb and flow, even based on how she feels. Right. So there are gonna be times when when they're going to be aware for a moment and then they're going to get pulled right back into yeah because i mean if you think about it when when monica gets there and talks to Wu, and she's like okay your your person is in the witness protection program you know maybe family friends and he was like i called all of them they don't even know who he is so she's got to be manipulating that as well or it's something about once once the people get into that hexagon everything every you know everything outside of that hexagon is kind of like it doesn't exist whatever's in there doesn't exist to them because if that's not the case if she's actually controlling the people that are way outside that hexagon that's that's just i can't even imagine that kind of power yeah but we don't even know to what extent because 
Agent Wu still knew. They all, all the sword people knew that Monica was in there. Right. So it wasn't like she was wiped from their memories. I think it's I think it's only people that were close to whoever's in the hex. Mm. Yeah. Like everyone well, who lived who already lived in the hex, maybe. Right. Anyone anyone within the hex or is or that is tied to someone in the hex in the hexagon gets it gets erased so that nobody knows what's happening. Because it kind of thing <laughs> think about it like the cop the cops don't the cops probably are tied to somebody in there, but mm. But they're but they're like okay well now it's Eastview so it doesn't exist okay cool but it's like Wu doesn't have a connection to anybody Monica doesn't have a connection to anybody most of the people in Sword don't have a connection to anybody in there mm-hmm. so it's kind of how it is also um, props to Monica for not losing her shit when she got when she got sucked in there right because because she went in there and she was like okay she figured out what the fuck was going on. She got. She found some clothes. She got dressed. Cause remember when, when Darcy was watching TV and and Agent Wu was over her shoulder and they saw her sitting on the bench reading the newspaper. They were. She was just sitting there nicely, calmly reading the newspaper like she was part. Like she was a walking, like a walk on, walk on cast member. But she like was she, also. I looking, think she. She. I think she recognized Wanda because you could see her kind of looking out the side of her eye, like she's trying to pay attention to see what Wanda's doing. You right, know, she's she, like, but, okay, why am I in this weird world and why is Scarlet Witch here? Like, let me see what's going on, but let me not say anything. Because, of course, if she, I mean, she has an auntie that's Carol, uh, Captain Marvel, so she's probably seen some weird things in her life. So right. she's probably just like, okay. Yeah, and she, but she kept Powers her, of she observation. Cool. Yeah, I'm glad she kept her cool, though, because it's like, I probably would, I probably been like, what the fuck? That's because. Yeah, like how the fuck am I gonna get out of here? Yeah, I don't even. I don't. I don't even think. I don't even think that's the case. I think as soon as she was in there, I think, I think it just changed because her clothes, like her ID badge, turned into a necklace. Mm -hmm. So I think her clothes actually changed too. Her she 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 had a she had she had a little pendant on there, a little sword pendant on. When she was in the real world, so when she turned over, it just turned into longer pendant. Yes, it was a little gold sword pendant. Mm, Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, but it still changed, though, right? It did change. It changed. Yeah, still changed. That she, yeah, you're right. I was just say it was a pendant. It was a little. It was a little pendant, a little medallion, and turned into a long pendant where she could actually see that it was that it was a sword. Yeah, and and her hairstyle changed based on just like everyone else, based on the time period. Yeah. Too. So I think I think she was amazing. she probably wasn't it, it she probably wasn't in it as much as like maybe the hearts were or Norm, but definitely Ralph and Agnes are are sort of out of it, but not completely. So it's possible that she was somewhat aware that something was strange because like even when she appeared in the magic box, she was like, I was just standing there and all of a sudden I was in here. So, right. It, and like you said, she, uh, she turned, I, I hate to say this, but my first thought when she came into the house and sat down and started talking, I was thinking, this is just like Winona from Good Times. Because she, she would be like, oh, I have, a tur- I, have a, I have a turkey in the oven. And she's gonna sit, and there, sit and there and run her mouth and run her mouth the whole time. So, 
That was she awesome. she did an excellent job doing that though, because mm-hmm. I was going to bring that up. She just she literally just came in perfect '70s sitcom character. Yeah, yeah. she did, and that's why and before, her before so great in this show. Before I forget, while we're talking about her, I just want to say that she is absolutely gorgeous, and I have put Juliet down to number two, and then I have <laughs> Monica as number one. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys, but you know, I mean. I, I can't this watch one. like like I said I I got to watch the and Domenico um, number three. <laughs> <laughs> no, Domenico's number four. Darcy's number. Yeah, three. I was gonna say Michael's gonna say Darcy is Darcy. Up at top three. But you know, like I said, I got to watch the the virtual launch that they did for the show, and she was on there. When I tell y'all, I was like, okay. Again, me not being a comic character, I don't know a lot about Monica Rambo, but I was like, I will watch this show just for her. Like her energy is infectious. And then when she smiles and laughs, I was like, okay, that's it. Monica Rambo is going to be my favorite character. I, I don't know what she's doing. I don't know how, how big she's going to be, but I was like, she's, she's going to be my favorite character. Just her energy and what she brings to the show is just, oh, uh, just love her. So yeah, but yeah. Um, also, Darcy is a badass. You know the fact that she figured out how to view what was going on, and she figured out how to get through. And you remember we talked to, when we were talking in the first and second episode. I was like, does anybody recognize the voice that's coming through on the radio? I was like, it sounds familiar, but I can't place it. Yeah. And it was woo. The fact that she figured all of that out and it was just, again, I love it. Well, see, Darcy didn't see some crazy stuff. Yes, she did. I mean, I mean. Along with being brilliant, she has seen some crazy stuff. So she can think outside the box again, which is why I don't like the fact that the so-called people in charge are treating her and Wu just kind of like, Oh, y'all are things on the bottom of our shoe. Oh, here, you're here to figure this out. And it's like no respect, no one. Like, excuse me, do you not know who she is? Do you know that she is on first name basis with Thor? Shut I think up. that's I think that's classified. <laughs> Just saying this need to know it's classified. I don't think she can talk about it. She probably can't talk about it, but this is the FBI. You really think they don't know? They don't. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. I'm calling it, by the way. I'm, I'm calling, calling it that, that Hayward Hayward is going to be be a problem in here. And I thought I already said that, sir. He already said that. He <laughs> got you on that. His whole his he's involved theory. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I, I didn't scratch it off. Okay, but um, also people on the internet. <laughs> have I, was like, I was talking about him being Hydra. I'm sorry. I'm I'm old. My mind's going. No. Out. Yeah. <laughs> but also, people people online have been talking about um, they really want there to be a a spinoff with Wu and Darcy, and I would totally watch that. Like, I would watch that. I would I would watch that in a hurry. So they need to make uh, 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 it, okay. like an X Files okay. bone bone to pick. Okay. I got upset. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if they had a show? Wouldn't it be cool if there was a show with Agents and Wu and he was there and they were leading the group and someone said, yeah, it was called Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They watched last seven seasons. You guys didn't watch. It was. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw oh, that made me on mad. Twitter and, and I, I actually got into a debate with somebody because I was like, one of, one of my main gripes is that they did not incorporate Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. into the MCU. Mm. 
And of course, everybody kept coming out. With, oh, well, they took this from the show. They took this from the show. They took this. I said, okay, let me be more specific. I'm pissed that they didn't incorporate the characters from Agents mm. of S.H.I.E.L.D. into the show because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has some amazing characters. Like we talk about the characters in the MCU all the time. And one of the things I'm thinking of is, um, you know, Natasha, Black Widow. She's one of the only regular quote unquote regular humans in the show yet she is badass but she's not the only human badass that they have in shield why was melinda may not in the mcu why was bobby not in the mcu why was quake not in can you imagine having somebody with quake's powers going was mockingbird not in mockingbird i just want mac <laughs> i mean they look they had some amazing seasons of Agents of Shield, okay? I'm well, sorry. Well they yeah, would they would awesome. they, they would have to tell they would have to tell the Avengers that Agent Coulson wasn't dead and that wasn't gonna happen. But yeah, it doesn't true. matter because he died like three or four times after that anyway. So I mean <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's alive now. I'm, I'm just saying person. He's but, a LMD. So, but 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 you can't you can't cry over spilled milk about wanting something when they literally gave it to you for seven years and you didn't watch it. Right. right. And that's what they were doing. And that's I what made me mad. I agree. I, I agree. I did too. So I, I, I did too. But Just, you know, I, I would have loved to have seen some of those characters cross over. Like, why not? I mean, but but I think I think alone, their brains, like put them in a room with dark. I, oh. But I, I think I think one one of the things though, I think the post I saw they said like X Files type show, and I don't think Agents of Shield was X Files like. Mm. I think they were just talking about investigating weird things. Yes, like right. on the official that I don't think that's. I'm gonna defend them, play devil's advocate. I don't think that was what they were were shooting for because Agents of Shield was a different kind of show. Yeah. As far as MCU goes, yeah. Now, if it's and, a bit, an investigative type of show, I can see yeah, that happening, think, especially with what we think what they're coming about. up in the MCU. They're gonna be they're, there's gonna be a lot of stuff for them to investigate. So right. I can totally see that working. Yeah, because but if I, I remember, Agents of Shield started out, they were they were like tracking down superpowered individuals. Yeah, because the first, first name was the first one was Deathlock. Yeah, yeah which, J, J. August Richards, yeah. Right, which isn't quite the same as, um, you know, trying to figure out why this house is making weird sounds. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's like eyeballs, yeah. Right. Why, not quite the why same. people are disappearing through an invisible barrier. Oh, and I guess we figured out what those booming noises were in episode two. That was all the drones coming through. Yeah. Right. The, the and the yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, they. I, I think one of my favorite parts is watching uh, Wu just be so square, 1950-ish with his old oh, golly gee williger. It was just so much fun to watch. I mean, it was, it was so much fun. I, like I said, I love Randall Park, and he he would, did such a good job. I was sitting there, the way he was referring, and he couldn't quite catch the joke, and and then he would. Oh, it was adorable. Yeah, and I'm, shout I'm out to you finally learning the card trick too. Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm so I was so happy. That made that that made that 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 did my heart good. I was like, he figured it out. I'm yeah. so happy. It's awesome. So I like I like it when the um 
quote unquote secondary characters get you know they yeah. they get a second chance to thrive and kind of become their own something outside of you know them being sidekicks or them being you know secondary characters to the other major characters because those are two great characters and however little time we see them on screen it's always fun seeing them so to see them get a bigger part in something like this i i'm loving it i'm loving it. how, how cool is it that that we have three characters we have darcy who's like a close relation contact to thor we have agent Wu who Ant-Man taught him a magic trick. Right. And we have Monica, whose auntie is basically Captain Marvel. Right. right. I mean, wow. That's it's true. a small universe. Mm-hmm. That's true. And, and they're, they're all together figuring out this thing with Wanda. Wanda and Vision. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that, that little comment that uh, Wu made, he said, so basically the universe gave us a sitcom with two adventures. And Darcy's like, I mean, you see what's on the screen, like, (laughs) (laughs) and I I felt like that was also a kind of inside joke because yes, you know, the, the universe, the Marvel cinematic universe gave us a sitcom with two Avengers. It's great. But yeah, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun watching this show. So, but again, it's, I mean, it's, it's Marvel. When do you really not have fun or enjoy my, my, my favorite parts my favorite parts are when everyone is watching the sitcom like they're invested into the characters right they're and watching that's, that's it my like favorite line when darcy says <laughs> darcy starts crying i'm a i'm invested i'm like so are we darcy so are we like yeah, they're, they're they're watching you eating their snacks <laughs> right it's, 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 it's awesome it's really good it's 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 really cool to see them see Marvel. You see that Marvel kind of knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's know. so refreshing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'll just leave it at that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna badmouth anybody, but it's it is refreshing. It's what? so wonderful. But you know, again, it's it's Marvel. Like you don't. Yeah, I mean, they know what they're doing. And even if they are taking like all of these different steps to bring us the next 30 movies, as you said, Anthony, you know, they were like, I mean, I, they know what they're doing. I'm not, I'm not expecting anything bad. I'm not expecting anything confusing. I'm not expecting anything that's not going to make sense. You know, it's going to work. It's going to work. It, it might, it, it might go, uh, you know, three, four different ways, but it's all going to connect and you're going to be like, I want to know how much the person gets paid that comes up with these, like, what kind, like, what kind of schooling do you have? Like, what, how does your brain function that you can take this minuscule, you know, little piece of information from here and, you know, it's so small that it's barely a blip on the radar and you make it like this huge thing, three, four, five, six movies down the line. And it totally makes sense. I need that kind of brain. Oh, yeah. being a comic book writer. <laughs> <laughs> no, because we have established on this show that not all comic book writers can write for TV and movies. We have established that. I no, I agree. No, I was talking. You were, you were. I thought I was speaking more of taking one thing and putting it and pulling it in a story. I agree on the writing for the TV thing, but 
science fiction writers, anyone who writes nerd or geek, or you know, they they have that ability to leave a clue here, leave a clue there, pull it down four books later. You're like, wow, you know, Dresden Files is a perfect example. What happened in Battleground? They 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 do it in such a way that they can give you a throwaway line in book one. 17 years ago and then boom latest book it turns out to be a major thing and you completely overlooked it that's what mm-hmm. they're doing here that exactly. is that is a skill yeah. that is a skill but it that is. but the, the education uh several years of being a nerd uh <laughs> getting shoved into the uh, lockridge school uh comic book collection several years of D, arguing over if you get to be the dm and failing gym class <laughs> No, you, I, I missed that one. <laughs> I missed that one. I, I never did failed gym class. Okay. I did volleyball was my sport. Ah, gotcha. I, I was better at softball because the ball was bigger and I, bigger than baseball, and I could actually hit it. So. I was a track and field person. So. I, I could serve up some aces there. All right. Now. I was on the varsity tennis team. Okay, okay, so we all don't qualify. You don't qualify. We're all reasonably athletic. I mean, it's not, it's not like we got scholarships for it. It's like we just played it. Yeah. Hey, I don't know about you, but other than tennis, I pretty much sucked in gym class, okay? That rope which you had to climb to the ceiling, I never got that, okay? Oh, see, I could have seen that stuff. You can't tell it now, but yeah, back then... That, that, well, that kind of stuff was fun for me. So. See, I grew up in Illinois where our gym classes are different from any place in the world. I'm pretty sure that archery and cow uh, chip was not included in the curriculum. Neither was dodgeball. Oh, dodgeball. That's what I Did you have a gym class in curling? Because I did. No. Ooh, I would love that. Actually, I did. We we did learn that one semester in when I was I think I was in 10th grade. It was just like one of those classes where we learned something new. Yeah, didn't pick up on that. But mm, okay. Uh, Let's see any final thoughts on WandaVision episodes three and four or what are you expecting to see in the next episodes? I only I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to you comic book gurus here. I only have one thing. Well, I've got two small things. The first thing is, is that I really, really hope that the writing continues to be as excellent as it has been. Mm-hmm. And two, I can't even begin to figure what 80s sitcom we're going to get as the template. And I can't wait to see it. You know what? We should take bets on that and see and, and, and see who wins. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. I have three things. First thing, I saw one of the previews and I'm thinking they're going to do a twist on Modern Family because I saw her talking directly to the camera like they do in Modern Family. So I'm I'm calling that as one of the ones closer to the end. Um, second, shout out to shout out to this show for allowing the people that the people in the town that they identified are actually actual members of the staff. Like some of them are writers, some of them were art directors and stuff. They use their actual names in the credits and Mostly, mostly the credits were most of the, most of the names in there were actual people who have who are art directors and. Oh, that's like, cool. Yeah, so shout out to them for that. Um, shout out to all the all the little hydro little, little hydro commercials. <laughs> yes, I'm still trying to figure out what the purpose of those are because I'm like, 
Okay, they, they're the throwing these in for us. So is Hydra about to make a comeback or something like that? It's, it's, it's the it's the it's the uh, the director of the moment is Hydra. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm okay. calling it acting that. director. Yeah. Hydra. <laughs> if Hydra can infiltrate Shield, they can infiltrate Sword. Infiltrate anywhere. Yeah. Also, um, for you, Hanako, there, there there was a reference the reference to the soap the Hydra soak soap that they had yes was it was a backwards reference to when they had when they had agents of hydra and colson made his own soap <laughs> that was for you because I, I was i was watching watching one of those and i was like oh oh hanukkah's gonna love that one okay yeah, it's like they showed the scene where he was like ranting about yeah they, they get at they get to put chemicals in the soap to get in your mind so yeah <laughs> you're right you are so right <laughs> yeah, so shout 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 outs to them for kind of tangentially and giving a nod to that. And I'm I'm looking forward I'm looking forward to um Monica Rambo becoming becoming um Captain Mar Marvel Marvel Spectrum Photon, whatever her she gonna call herself. And I'm also looking forward to I'm looking forward to Vision being in his. I'm looking forward to them being in their original costumes. Mm, yes, I am looking forward to seeing that. The green, and the green and green. I read an interview where um, Elizabeth Olsen says she fought yeah, she for fought that costume for that. to and be I'm included. Glad she did. So I'm looking I'm forward looking to that. Forward to also, do you think they they sent a lot of drones in there? Do you think they were part of that mobile that she turned into butterflies? No, but I, you know what? I think they're probably they're probably around the neighborhood somewhere, because if you remember when they were in the bed and we kept hearing those booms, I think that's what we were hearing the the drones coming through the barrier, you know. And of course, one of it one of them made it to the front yard. So I'm pretty sure those drones are probably somewhere else in the neighborhood. Of course, now you really won't be. They might not be as um, as obvious because the show is in color now, whereas before it was in black and white, and then the drone was in color. So we might not see them now or know that they're there now, but I'm pretty sure they're somewhere around that neighborhood. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I think that's all I had, other than the doctor getting ready to leave and changing his mind. I was just about to mention that. I was just about to mention that. I want to know if he and Monica had a conversation when they went to the kitchen. I don't know. You're, you remember she she said, Dr. Why don't you come in the kitchen with me right after Vision got, you know, Vision got right. them there? Because one, I thought it was really strange that Vision allowed the doctor to see his speed. Right. You know, yeah, especially if it's something like their whole thing for being in Westview is that they're hiding and they're trying to keep it secret. So um, I, I don't know if that's kind of like, you know how I said, I felt like vision was kind of Wanda's subconscious, right. you know, like maybe that's that part of her that's trying to get them out of that, trying to get her to wake up or trying to get her to stop whatever it is she's doing by creating this world and maybe that was just kind of one of the ways for her subconscious to be like hey hey something's not right. right something's not right 
because before the doc before he got to the doctor the doctor was so gung-ho on going on this trip and then when they're getting ready to leave he's just like oh you know and i you know he made a comment oh we probably aren't going anywhere you know there's something about small towns small that you towns can't so escape from and like he very pointedly looked at vision when he made that comment yeah so i was like hmm okay so this is another one of those where he's now self-aware when we see him the next time he's probably going to fall right back into it because think about it nobody monica or geraldine and the doctor nobody really said anything weird about the fact that she was fully pregnant and had babies when they just saw her 24 hours before and she wasn't right. even pregnant like Aside from Geraldine saying, oh, my God, you're pregnant. It was more so like, a, oh, you're pregnant. Like, you know how you see somebody and you haven't seen them in a while and they're pregnant. It wasn't a, okay, so how are you pregnant? I just saw you yesterday in that one piece doing a magic trick. Right. And you were not this pregnant. And then when everything is going haywire when she's delivering the baby, she said, I'm, I'm sure there's a pretty logical explanation for this. You know, I kind of feel like it was, that was, again, Monica kind of coming through and then Geraldine kind of took over again. You know, it's almost like a, a, a dual personality. Like this is the person who I am. And then once, you know, once I get into this simulation deep, I turn into this other person again. So I, I kind of feel like the doctor was that way too. And And again, we noticed that with, you know, we noticed it with Herb. We noticed it with Agnes. And, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I kind of felt like Herb trying to cut through that brick wall with the saw. I felt like that was him trying to, like, figure, figuratively break through the wall of this illusion. That's what I felt like when I saw that scene. He was just like, yeah, we're going to cut through. We're going to break through at some point. Like, right. we got to get out of here. And this is how we're getting out of here. Because it was such a weird thing for him to be doing. Mm -hmm. But. Okay. okay, so what I'm looking forward to, or what I'm expecting, is we've seen a rising, um, we've seen Wanda start to lose control she's starting to lose her grasp more and more it's becoming more and more common mm -hmm. that there are things that she's having a hard time being, maintaining control over and now that she has the babies and i was wondering was that going to be enough to allow people to completely break free mm. from from her hold because now she has these distractions she now has more to juggle mm -hmm. it's like the more she has to juggle the harder it is for her to control everything and i also think whoever they were looking for probably was with wanda and caused wanda to create this and they've implanted the idea in her head about having a kid having babies or having a child because I think they're still going to try to pull in some of that story about demons needing needing a physical form, a physical host to enter this world. I think somehow they're going to work some version of that story into this. That someone needed for 
a child to be born. And of course, because they couldn't figure out a name between two names, she just had two instead of one. Mm -hmm. So she used both names. But I think her having to juggle all of this to actually create babies, to reanimate vision, and try to maintain a grasp on all this, I'm just so interested in seeing how it just falls apart for her. Like, not that she's falling into insanity, because it's almost as if she's already kind of crazy, sort of what happened to her in the comic books. But here, we're going to see the whole facade that she has created, that she's layered over this world, the cracks are going to get larger and larger, and it's going to be harder and harder for her to maintain control over this this area. And I'm I'm just I'm here for it. I'm I'm ready to see it happen. And whoever she's going to fight, whether it be Vision or Monica or Agatha, I'm sorry, Agnes or Herb, whoever it is, it's, it's going to be, you know, or maybe Stephen Strange comes to try to figure it out. We don't know. Okay, well, I will say this. I did see this before we started recording. So apparently she she said something in an interview um, about a cameo coming up in one of the episodes that is going to have the same kind of impact for Marvel fans as Luke Skywalker showing up in the season finale of The Mandalorian. So who that can be, I don't know. But apparently somebody big from the MCU is going to make an appearance. Wonder Man. <laughs> oh, oh, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Wait, who? Wonder Man. Wonder Man. Wonder Man. Oh, duh. Okay, I have no Vis- idea. Vision's, Vision's brother. Oh, okay. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you, know, you have to understand, he is literally the most awesome thing ever. Well, he has the one power that that the only reason why I thought of it, and then I saw it, someone else post about it somewhere else, is that Vision is not known for super speed, but Wonder Man is. Oh, okay. And that, that, that's what made me think of Wonder Man. That would be so cool. Okay. And how goes sitting there thinking, Vision has a brother? No, I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking they couldn't come up with a better name than Wonder Man. No, they couldn't. That oh, real name, his real name was... With Simon? Simon. With si- yeah, if Simon. you think that's bad, you should see the costume. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look up the costume. Yes, the costume is atrocious. Oh. It depends on which version. <laughs> oh, they're all bad. Well, one's a little better than the other, but yeah, it's no. No, yeah. Simon's awesome. I put on a leather jacket and sunglasses. <laughs> and call it a day. Yeah, just don't, don't you know... Don't let Rob Liefeld near anything to draw. <laughs> he didn't really do those. But the but but see, Agatha was done by Dave Cochran, right? That was created, right? So that's no no no. That was um right now that anyway, ignore me. Ignore what I was about to say. Um a lot of those costumes, because I was looking up Abigail Brent and I was looking up Lockheed and all that, a lot of those suffered from the the whole jacket pockets. <laughs> headband thing <laughs> supers everywhere yeah oh yeah yeah that oh don't you love the 90s <laughs> <laughs> all right well i guess that's it i think we have exhausted these two episodes um again having so much fun with this show so i can't wait to see 
what we get next. But for now, that is our show. You can find us online at www.fandomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Fandom Hybrid. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and other major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time.